right, well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. It's a great day to be together, to worship the Lord, to hear from His Word, and so I want to welcome you if you're visiting with us. Um, we'd love to connect with you. You can stop by the Visitor Center on your way out. Thank you for joining us online. So we've got some announcements real quickly this evening. Uh, Camp Leonardwood Pantry, uh, collecting some uh, food you can see out in the hallway there. Um, the collection is building up, and if you have any questions about that, you can see uh, Brother Tim Huggins about that. And the ladies' Bible study has started, and so since we're announcing it, I believe it's not too late to join. That's on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9.30 a.m., and so there's that. And then next Sunday, a week from today, is Taylor and Maddie Woods are coming to candidate to be our youth pastor, and so let's be in prayer for that. That's an exciting time. Uh, looking forward to that. And he'll be here um, in the evening before the service. There'll be a question and answer time with him um, so we can uh, grill him and get to know him uh, real good uh, before the service Sunday night. And he'll be preaching for us. And then Soup Herbal Sunday, that's in two weeks from today. So teens, that's for us uh, after uh, the morning service lunch with the gift class. Um, and teen families are also invited to come out for that. That'll be a good time two weeks from today. And then the Iwana uh, Grand Prix coming up in May. Uh, you can see Brother uh, Matt Huggins if you have any questions about that. And then also Iwana uh, workers, uh, there's a meeting tonight after the service. It'll be over here on the piano side immediately following uh, the service. And then also VBS coming up soon, June 16th through 21st. We need some uh, volunteers. You can scan the QR code or see JD um, there if you'd like uh, to help out. And then camp. we got uh, Evangelist Ron DeGard as our speaker. Looking forward to that. Uh, and the $50 deposit is due by March 7th, so that's just about a month away. If you have any questions about that, uh, you can talk to me and I can uh, work through any questions you may have there. And also, with the teens, tonight is our toilet bowl, so that's immediately after the service. And so looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time to win the golden toilet seat and golden plunger. So uh, we'll just meet right upstairs after the service. And uh, that'll be a great time. And so our missionaries of the week, as we heard this morning, is the Wester Bands, uh, Puerto Rico. And um, they have a, a, a few prayer requests in their prayer letter um, that we want to highlight this evening. Um, they're asking prayer for their granddaughter, Eunice. Um, she's having some issues with her health. And um, so there's a concern there. And then they're having a lot of outreach um, events coming up soon. So in July, they have a VBS and then in September, they have their 26-year anniversary, and they're um, making a lot of visits into a nearby town, and so they're, um, and they're also doing soul-winning classes. And so they've got events, soul-winning classes, and a lot of outreach, and so we can, they're asking prayer for, for that, um, that that would continue to go well. And um, they say, please continue to hold us up in prayer. We are going through difficulties, but God is faithful. And so don't know exactly what kind of difficulties they're facing, but... Um, let's be in prayer for the Wester Bands um, this week and hold them up in prayers. And so if I could ask the ushers to please come forward to take up the offering um, this evening. And let's ask Brother Ed uh, to pray for uh, the offering, the Wester Bands, and our service tonight. Lord, tonight we come to you thanking you again for the privilege that we have to be here tonight. Lord, we lift up the Wester Bands in Puerto Rico to you and Lord, the issue with their daughter Eunice, we just pray that you might touch her body, her physical body, and heal her, whatever the need is. And Lord, we just pray for their outreach, their Awana, everything going on this summer. It sounds like a busy summer for them, and we just pray that you would just show yourself very powerful in their lives. Lord, tonight we pray for our service. You'd be with Brother uh, Pastor Ray as he preaches the message. 
And Lord, for this offering, we pray that you would bless it, help us to use it wisely, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As the plates are passed, we're going to start our song service tonight with My Jesus Fair. today. So if you're out there, Miss Maria, I don't know what time it is in California. What time is it? Three o'clock in the afternoon? Oh, she's in Pensacola now. That's right. So it's uh, only five o'clock. So she's probably eating. And anyway, hey, there you go. Happy 20th to her. Anybody else? Miss Jean? Birthday? Are you 20 as well? Yeah, that's what I figured. When was your birthday? Tuesday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Over 50 years. Amen. Amen. Nope. Nate? 
Today is your birthday. I can ask you, how old are you? 25. And how long have you known the Lord is your Savior? 20 years. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Robert? When was your birthday? Today. Okay. And how long have you known the Lord is your Savior? 74 years. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. Miss Faith had a birthday on Wednesday. No, on Monday. I mean on Monday. And uh, how long have you known the Lord is your Savior, Miss Faith? Are you competing with Brother Bob in there someplace? <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Oh, over here. Zach? Luna was born on Tuesday. Luna was born. Shoot the picture up there. There you go. Luna Jane was born on Tuesday. Seven pounds, three ounces, 21 inches long. So happy birthday to her. And Mom's doing well. Baby's doing well. Everybody's home. So just keep praying for, uh, for them. So that's wonderful. Any? Who? Had a birthday, but she was sick last week, Miss Grace. When was your birthday? 25th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Since you were 11? Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Any anniversaries? No anniversaries? Let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Come on up, Brother John. I'm going to talk while you're coming. We'll uh, have the scripture reading. So two things I want to mention. Our special tonight will be somebody you may or may not recognize. So Austin Fury is in town. He's with us tonight. But he's got a full beard, so somebody may think, I don't think I know him. But he was our in one of our interns three years ago, so he'll be singing for us tonight. Looking forward to that. And i got to tell you what happened this morning. So I step out. This is the danger of stepping out of the service, right? And apparently while I stepped out, Pastor Brett's like, okay, on the second verse, let's have just the ladies sing. Did you guys hear me when I came in? <laughs> and so I walk in, and I'm singing, and I look over at the sound booth, and Jason or Andrew James is sitting over there, and he's like... <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so anyway, he, he had my back, so whatever. <laughs> Please stand for Revelation chapter 2 tonight, verses 8 through 11. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know that works. And tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word tonight. You may be seated. As we continue our song service this evening, we're going to be singing Behold Our God. And I want to take a moment to, to ask, fill in the blank, anybody, anybody in the, uh, the, the crowd here, fill in the blank. God is great. God is good. God is 
holy. I heard God is merciful, just, all these things. We have an amazing God. And if we focus on God, a lot of times the things of earth, as the hymn goes, will go straight, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So let's think about our God as we sing, behold our God.
not done this in a while, Austin is here. Everybody go around, shake somebody's hand, go say hi to Austin, and just take a couple minutes to greet your neighbor and say hello. Shepherds 
Um, on the West Coast, I'm serving at West Coast Baptist College. It's my job to just travel and um, present our ministry and challenge young people with the idea of giving their lives to the Lord in full-time Christian service. And um, I think right now on our campus, we've got around 400 students, and I was only in town a couple of days for the start of this semester, and we had around 30 new students come in for this semester. And um, just there was, there was just a joy, and an overwhelming sense that the kids who were there are excited to do something for the cause of Christ um, at our ministry. It's obvious that our administration, our pastor, Pastor Chapel, and our college president and, and the other faculty, they're just wanting to go forward. They believe that the best days uh, for West Coast and for Lancaster Baptist Church are truly ahead. People are being saved and baptized on a weekly basis. So it's just exciting to be a part of a ministry like that and um, where things are always happening just like they are here. And so thank you for praying for us. Thank you for letting me be here tonight and not throwing me out. So. Amen. Thank you, Austin. Good to hear from you. All right. I want uh, the first five people who are going to tell me about somebody they're talking to Jesus about. Is it going to be this week? Hopefully, we're not running out, Miss Joy. Um, one of uh, the biggest things that I do in my um, job right now as a nurse in the hospital, um, and specifically as a house supervisor, is um, you guys seen Lilo and Stitch? The big black guy comes and he goes, I'm the one they call when things go wrong and things have indeed gone wrong. And um, that, that's, that's pretty much my position. Um, and so I deal with a lot of um, very stressful, um, not just physically as people are sick and in the hospital, but emotionally and spiritually. And this week has been especially trying for a lot of people in this world and in the hospital um, and I was called to multiple situations and um, I have just been uh, really working on stepping um, stepping up each time and even though I work in a um, supposed religious organization not everyone is um, not only not spiritual but definitely not of the same faith and um, each interaction that I've had this week, very, very, very big, deep um, issues for these people, uh, I have been able to end it with, um, you know, this is the situation, this is what we are, we are doing, what we are not able to do, whatever, this is where you're at, this is what we want to do for you. Um, on a personal level, um, I would like to pray with you. And so I've been able to just pray specifically for these people and ask specifically for God to reveal himself to them and make himself known um, in whatever way that they need in his life. And um, it's just it's been a challenge this week, and um, I'm just continuing to work on um, making those uh, doors of communication um, open so that I can uh, continue to try to share the gospel. I hate these things. I just want to thank everyone for praying for our daughter-in-law. She is doing very well. There was no cancer, but she is lost. She doesn't know the Lord, and she doesn't want to talk about it. She says it makes her uncomfortable. So just keep praying for her because we're, we're really worried and concerned for her and for Jeremy because he's not living for the Lord. He's been saved. But he's not living, and he's not being that witness to her like he should be. So just keep our son and daughter 
on your prayers, please. Thank you. I like when, though when they when they say it makes me uncomfortable because we're not the ones trying to make people uncomfortable, right? But the Holy Spirit has a way of doing things. Miss San Diego. Uh, I work in IT at a hospital as well, but a uh, couple weeks, actually last month, I've had three incidents here lately. One kind of shocked me. I actually was working on inventory where they were cleaning out the data center and so forth, and they asked me about some equipment and stuff and everything. I said, let me check. I'll find out if we need to get rid of it, blah, blah, blah. And then I had other work to do, so I turned to one of the architects and I said, if you have any other questions, just chat me. And he turns to me and shocks the tar out of me with his question. He goes, he said something about, what's the meaning of life? And I'm sitting here going, Lord, ask you to bring somebody for me to witness to today. And I'm like, is he serious? And I'm like, the first thing that popped into my head was King Solomon. So I said to him, I said, well, um, I said, I have an answer for that. And the purpose of life. So that was what his question was. What's the purpose of life? And I said, there was a king in life a long time ago. And then he proceeds to keep going. And he says, I think I know your answer. He goes, it's about a king, isn't it? And I said, actually, yes, it is. He said, he said that it's to serve God and keep his commandments. Uh, and so I go on, and he keeps coming back with one more thing. And I finally said to him, I said, he goes, I just don't know how to handle all the stress. And I said, I'll be honest, I can't handle it. I have multiple hospitals I'm responsible for, and I have to keep track of and everything. And he has a lot of stress as well. And um, so I said, God didn't intend for us to do it alone. I said, you can't do it alone. That's why Christ came. So I've talked to him a couple more times, and then there was another person that came. I've talked to him a long time ago, and he said, I don't even know what faith it is, but he says it has something to do with the yin and the yang, and he's an ordained pastor of this whatever religion. Well, this last week or two weeks ago when I was on call, I was up till from 10:30 at night because the mother and baby phones went down till three in the morning. So we finally get them all back online. Everything's working. Charging our phones, working. Everything important working. And he goes, "My grandma just passed away here not long ago." And I told him, "I'm sorry." He kind of shared with me and stuff, and I said, you know, was she a Christian? Did she know Christ? He said, yes. She went to church all the time, and she believed in Christ. I said, you do realize there's a way not to say goodbye forever. I said, you just need to know Jesus. And I got to talk to him again this past week, and I actually got walked through Romans Road. So just be praying for Patrick and Shane because they really need it. John? So um, there's a young man that is at Discount Tire. He's been working there for a few months now. I can't really pronounce his real name, because he's, he's Hindu in origin. But we call him E.K. That's the 
first two letters in his name. Uh, one of the most interesting guys I've met so far in my life. He's 15 years old, working a, uh, at a tire shop, and his dream is to be a boxer. He wants to, he wants to be Rocky. That's what he said before. Well, I found myself one day taking lunch break, and he was in the, the break room there, too. And we just started talking about all kinds of things, talking about the State of the Union, about Texas, about history, about, you know, the role of men and the role of women, interest, interestingly enough. And he said, you know, I believe, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditional guy, John. I'm a, I'm a traditional guy that there's some things men can do that women can't do. There's some things women can do that men can't do. And when they get married, it's like it all balances out. I was like, this is it. I said, well, E.K., did you know that marriage is a picture of Christ's love for the church? Amen. And just able to kind of go in the gospel there. Uh, he didn't accept Christ at that moment, but it felt great to be able to do that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last opportunity. Anybody want to share? Anybody you're talking to? Uh, I told you about, I don't know, three months ago, we were going to start doing this. Uh, it's important that you know your testimony. And quite honestly, you know, this is why we're here, right? This is what the church does, talks to other people about Jesus. So uh, if that's not you, you need to start crossing that line. Start asking the Lord to give you the opportunity. You will be shocked how many opportunities to talk about Jesus will come up if you're willing to be one of those people to talk to someone about Jesus. So I want to encourage you as well. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. You can go ahead and turn there. Uh, we're back to our Harmonies of the Gospel uh, study, which we started, and then our Sunday nights have gotten all twisted around for a while, and they will again next week. But um, this morning, ha anybody meet David from Nigeria this morning? How I many of you have met David from Nigeria this morning? So two, three, three of you in here met David from Nigeria. He's, he kind of stands out. Uh, you know, he is from Nigeria, and he is as black as Miss Joy's coat. Uh, he's set over here, and uh, I can't take this call right now, but, um, all right. Uh, so, uh, but he said, I'm looking, I'm just telling you, all right, I'm just going to tell you what he said. I'm looking for a church for my family. I didn't bring my family, I'm just, I'm looking. They've moved into this area somewhat. Would, um... Pastor Brett, would you take this, please? So, Lori Lewis, who it is. You might know Lori Lewis. She attends here off and on. You guys know Lori and Paul? They've been coming for off and on for about a year. Okay. That's who, yeah, okay, she's been in the Bible study, so that's who that is. So, calling twice, so I have to assume maybe that we need to take that call. But anyway, um, so. He's like, I'm looking for a church for my family. And then he says, I mean, he was just completely transparent. He said, I'm looking for a church that will accept people like us. And that's what he said. Uh, and, and, but I will give you some wonderful credit. He said, I like what I'm seeing here. You know, he was really in, encouraged by the spirit of, of the church. And I know it was crowded this morning, and you can't get to everybody. I know that. I am concerned that only three people uh, can recall meeting him, but you gotta you gotta kinda make your make your way around. But he you know, he stayed up here and talked to me for a while and talked to, to uh Chuck Volka for a while. But uh so that was going on. Then um I'm not at liberty to share 
all these things because people make decisions. But a couple weeks ago, we had somebody looked up at me, and I had a chance to. They were back again this morning, and I had a chance to to talk to them. And you know, again, just being transparent. You know, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm struggling to just believe this. You know, it's it is. Uh, and so we walked through it again, the the gospel, and yes, I did that. Um, you know, so I. You know, basically it comes down to I, I'm not feeling it, you know. And so we had to walk through, you know, how our feelings are involved in our salvation, which uh, they might be a part of it, but they're really not anything to do with, you know, you, you don't have to have feelings to get saved, right? Uh, God's gracious enough to give us feelings. But anyway, so we're just kind of working through that. So uh, those are all we're just encouraging things and from this morning, and so I just want to encourage you to, to keep doing what you're doing, be that friendly church uh, that just uh, you know puts themselves out there. And uh, you gotta—it's not always easy. I know it's not, and we get into a, a routine. But I, some of you—I don't know how the routine is changing, but some of you are changing routine. The reason I know that is because people are sitting where they don't normally sit. I mean, for the last year, two years, three years, five years, seven years, I can always count on some people. They're always there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what are you doing over here? You're confusing me. And, uh, well, I didn't get here early enough. Well, you know, you snooze, you lose. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so, but, you know, so that's happening, and sometimes that makes you see people that you don't always see, right? So uh, is there a reason why you should switch seats? I'm going to give you one, right? Because you, you know the people who sit around you kind of, maybe-ish, right? Uh, but if we're not careful, that's as far as we go, so... Anyway, so we're in Luke chapter 1. Uh, we're going to jump into this. My, my goal with this, my, my challenge on a Sunday night doing an academic approach to, to a study is that uh, I don't like Sunday night being academic, right? We do more academic on Wednesdays. Uh, and so it's, there's a danger of a Harmony of the Gospel study becoming academic. So the Harmony of the Gospels, if you don't understand the concept, is that there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all contain the story of the life and ministry of Christ on this earth. And, um, but, you know, they don't, if you read Matthew, it doesn't, you know, always just, they're not just, they don't always correlate with each other because the writers, you know, put different emphasis on the things that God led them to write about. And so the idea of the harmony of the gospel is to say, let's take the different incidents that take place in the gospels and let's blend them together so that we can understand how they all kind of fit together, right? So, um, but with that being academic, I want there to be something that we actually take home. I think, especially on our Sunday night service, which is the only service that we are together as a church. The only other thing going on right now is is a nursery, and right now there was only one in the nursery, and that was my grandson, and they brought him back in here. Now he may be wandering around, but they brought him back in here. So uh, you know, so uh, the you know, it's this is the only service that we have. This where moms, dads kids are all in here together. So I don't want this to become academic, right? I want it to be something you can take home and talk about and chew on. So, But this story has a lot. So we're in Luke chapter 1. The only place that this story is found in the scripture is in Luke chapter 1, and it's the announcement from the angel to Zacharias and Elizabeth about the birth of their son, John the Baptist. And it's
There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias and uh, of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Father, we ask that you would teach us from Zacharias and Elizabeth and John's birth today. Teach us some things about yourself, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in the next verse, verse 6, it says, and they, this is an important thing to note, they were both righteous before God. I mean, that is a, it is, isn't it a wonderful thing, couples, when you're together in this? Can I just, can I just give some emphasis here? The idea, sometimes there's an idea that, well, you know, that stuff's for my wife or that stuff's for my husband and has nothing to do with me. And you're missing you're missing not only individually missing what God has for you, but you're missing what God does for a couple together when you're in this together, right? This is the way God intends, that we as believers come together and then we serve together as believers. Uh, the idea of being one is not just a physical concept. It is melding our lives together. Uh, and so, you know, it's uh, that, and they were both together. I just want to emphasize that a little bit. But anyway, righteous before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And I asked myself, why did God say that? They had no, what would be another reason why they have no child? They, right, they're choosing not to have a child, right? That. That is the other possibility, and God wants us to understand that's not the situation here, right? The reason they have no child is because Elizabeth is barren, and that's going to be important to the rest of the story, and uh, God puts it in there, uh, as, and both were well-stricken in years. Sound familiar? On Wednesday, we talked about another couple well-stricken in years. Yeah, Abraham, that's exactly right. Uh, so here we are, now we're talking about uh, Elizabeth and uh, Zacharias. Let's skip down to verse 11. It says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. That shouldn't, that shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise us. Wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you have the same reaction if all of a sudden an angel appeared to you? Uh, that would be, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm the only one in the room, and some of us, I guess. Yeah, we would all be this. But don't be hard on Zacharias, of course. Uh, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias. By the way, think of how many times angels say that. This is everybody's reaction to an angel, right? Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Uh, but anyway, fear not, Zacharias. But I want you to catch this next phrase. For thy prayer is heard. Now, what is that telling us? Look at what it says. And, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. They've been praying for this. Now, this is, an, this is interesting. So, I mean, the implication of the Scripture is that this prayer is current. Right? It wasn't like 40 years ago they prayed for a child and they've given up on the concept. But they're well stricken in years, and the angel comes and says, By the way, God's hearing your prayers. Thy prayers have been heard. That's... That a, is a huge statement. And, that, and so I, I want to I focus on a couple things for this tonight um, that we can just kind of grab hold of. I want to ask you first, this is an example, by the way, of something that when, when the disciples were, uh, when Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, one of the ways he said, one of the things he mentioned 
was to be importuned. Do you remember that? So what does that mean? Say it again. Stubborn. Don't give up. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep. So this is an example of one of those. Would you agree? I mean, here's Zacharias and Elizabeth. They're well stricken in years, and their prayer is being heard. That's what the Bible says. Thy prayer is heard, and your wife is going to have a son. Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly uh, what well stricken in years is, but it's a surprise to everyone. Uh, and so they're well stricken in years, and they're about to have a son. So one of the things that we see here is this concept of this importune prayer. So that's, I want you to think for a moment. This is, this is not going to be a discussion. This is just for you to think. What have you given up on? You know, you used to be passionately praying about something. And it didn't happen in your timetable. And you've already kind of set it aside. I mean, sometimes it's big things like, uh, Lord, save my brother. Lord, save my brother. Lord, I wish my brother would get saved. Lord, I wish my brother would get saved. You know, he's just, not, he's just not interested. What are we, what are we, what are we giving up on? Uh, this is a good time for us to consider that there's a God who is hearing our prayer. Now, I know that when it comes to the salvation of someone, right, I know that God's not, he doesn't force himself upon anyone, right? So the brother has to be involved for us to, for that brother to be saved. I'm aware. But, you know, what is it that, that we prayed about and we prayed about, but we've kind of, it's, we've just quit because we've given up being importuned. It seems like the time has been too long. Here's Zacharias and Elizabeth and their prayer is just now being heard. Well, it's just not being responded to, right? The prayer is always heard, but it's just not being responded to. And they haven't given up. That's an important aspect to think on. But I want you to think on something else for a moment. Now, because there's no promise, by the way, there's not even a promise from God for Zacharias and Elizabeth that they would bear a child. They're just asking for something that's not promised. But I want you to focus on the things that are promised. Because we can pray and say, Lord, heal somebody, Lord, heal somebody, but there's no promise that if you know, that God's going to heal everybody that we ask him to heal. That's not found in the scripture. That's only found on Channel 40 preaching, right? And you've got you to send in some money for that one. So there's no promise for that. God doesn't make those kinds of promises. But can you name for me a promise that God does make that is hard for us to believe? We're asking for it, but at the same time there is this we're like the guy who says, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, right? Can you think of something in the Bible that, you know, we, God says, he promises, but it's just been tough for us to keep praying for because it hasn't happened, and yet there's a promise attached to it. Is there any, anything like that that jumps out at you? Okay, salvation is one, right? We, we know that God will save us, and so we've got, you know, this person I was talking to this morning who's struggling to believe that promise, right? That is it really something that God would do for me? That God would save me just because I trust him to do it? And that's a, that is a challenge. So that is one that some people really struggle with. About tithing, right? God promises to bless us if we tithe. He does. And again, you know, I mean, this is like the, this is like the second or third time. Don't forget to be praying. I was going to have those things ready for you tonight. So next week, we've got to get this done. Uh, we need you to be praying about uh, faith promise commitment. And, uh, but, you know, but God, 
God promises tithing, right? He promises that we just trust him with what we need because he's promised this. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's promised things like this. That uh, if, let's see, what is that? Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, and the, these things in that passage are... Say it again. Food, clothing, daily care, all that. All that. That's what God promises, right? So those promises are the concept that he ties to in tithing, right? So we tithe. It doesn't seem like I can. It seems like it's going to be difficult. How am I going to pay the bills? God, doesn't, God, you don't understand. I've got this bill that's due at the end of the month. How in the world can I tithe? And God says, you know, trust me. That's how God says, trust me. You know, do what you're supposed to do. Trust me. And... Uh, so there's a challenge. Give me another one. Children that he's coming. Okay. So there's a couple. So what about children specifically? What about children specifically? Oh, yeah, Matt. Okay. So that one was a little different because there's no promise with that one, right? But, oh, yeah, Todd likes to try to make me cry. So some of you don't remember this and some of you will be here. But Todd and Cheryl were not supposed to have Matt. They weren't. It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And so I challenged them. Let's. Let's. Let the deacons pray over you. Let's do what God says and see what happens. And uh, if I remember right, Miss Cheryl just had a surgery, and they're like, now's not a good time for you to get pregnant. But we prayed anyway, and uh, she got pregnant, and, and there's Matt and uh, sitting right there in the pew. How old are you, Matt? 20? 19? 20? 20 years old. So there you go. Praise the Lord. God answers prayer. The, the promise is that God hears and responds to our prayer. It's not easy to do this. Here's Zacharias and Elizabeth giving us an example of people who've grown old trusting a promise that God's going to hear and respond to their prayer. And it's a challenge. So I want you to think about this. What have you given up on? Don't give up. God's... But anyway, thou shalt call his name John. Go down to verse 14. We've got to hurry. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. By the way, don't panic, because we're still under Old Testament economy here, right? And the Holy Ghost does not come upon people about salvation. This is about service. And John, just like everybody else, no one comes to God except through faith, right? It is impossible to please God without faith. We must come to him and believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so, that's John as well. And he shall go before him in spirit, in the power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, to disobedient from, to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. Go down now, if you would, to verse 18. This is where it gets a little more challenging. You know what happens. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm running out of time, so I'm trying to speed this. But you know this story, right? Zechariah starts out afraid. He's been praying. And this is what amazes me. Have you ever been surprised when God's answered your prayer? Have you ever been surprised by it? I mean, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, and God answers, and we find ourselves surprised. The angel has already said to Zacharias, God has heard your prayers. Your wife's going to have a kid, right? I mean, God's answering his prayer. And we shouldn't be surprised by this, but here he is. So verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And, but that's, 
By the way, that is uh, political correctness, guys. Learn that one. He, he said, I'm old. She's well stricken. Yeah. He, <laughs> he wasn't about to call her old. And, and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak to thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Behold, thou shalt be dumb, unable to speak, right? Until the day that these things should be performed because, why? Thou believest not my words. I want to say a couple things. This is the grace of God. The grace of God is, you know, sometimes we think that God only responds in direct correlation to our faith. But aren't you glad that God actually responds greater than our faith? Isn't that wonderful? Remember the guy that said, Jesus, heal my son. Jesus said, I can if you believe. I believe, Lord, help thou my unbelief. And we've got a God who goes beyond our own faith. What a great God this is. And so here's Zacharias. He's believing God. Lord, please. Lord, please. I'm believing. I'm trusting. Lord, please. Lord, please. God says, I'll do it. And he doubts all of a sudden. He questions. And the angel says, you're not going to be able to speak until these things come to pass because of your unbelief. And I'm, I, I often think about this. What was it like going home, unable to speak to Elizabeth, and convincing her of what God said? I'd like to, I'd like to hear that. I'd like to say I'd hear, like to hear that conversation, but it wasn't a conversation, right? I, uh, they, he can't talk because you know, I'm guessing they're doing all this in notes. But can you imagine trying to convince your wife of God's truth? Now, the Bible doesn't record anything about it. Maybe she was like, you know, maybe she just had firm faith and was like, well, I'm not surprised. Maybe that was her. And by the way, that would be like a lot of women I know. They, they tend to be able to grasp onto those things easier than us men, it seems like. But... Um, Anyway, so here he is. He's not going to be able to speak until these things come to pass. We skip down to verse 22. It says, And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So he's going out uh, speechless, having to deal with now Elizabeth and tell her all these things. In my mind, it's just hard hard for me to see, because I envision Elizabeth probably more like Sarah. That's my mind. I envision it, right? When Sarah heard she was going to have a kid, what'd she do? She laughed. Yeah, right. And can you imagine Elizabeth and, and John can't, or uh, Zacharias can't even talk to her? But now we get down to verse 57. Finally, the time comes when Elizabeth is going to deliver, and she brings forth her son. The only place in the scripture that records these things for us here, this story, and it came to pass in verse 59 that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called, called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. Now, in just a moment, we're going to read that Zacharias backs her up and says, Nope, his name shall be John. What, why is this important? Why is it important that we come to this place in the story that they are, like, firm about who he's going to be? Okay, because the angel said so, and it shows us where they came from their place of doubt, to now this place of, we're going to trust God. This may not make sense to anybody. His name's going to be John. It's not tradition. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's the way God said it. And now, so they've gone from this place of doubt. And I want to show you that even, even well-stricken people can grow in their faith. Isn't that good to see? Even old people can grow in their faith. 
This isn't something that just happens to young people, that we can actually grow and mature and trust God in a greater fashion. And it comes to this conclusion. So in verse 64, his mouth was opened, immediately his tongue was loosed, and the first thing he does is, catch this, praise God, right? That's wonderful. And fear came upon all them that dwelt about them, and that's an important statement, that God uses this. Now, this is important. I want you to catch this. It wasn't, apparently, part of the initial plan. Zacharias was supposed to believe and just simply go out and tell what happened. But Zacharias' unbelief is turned into an opportunity for the glory of God. Because when Zacharias starts speaking, everybody pays attention. Do you see how that happens? This is how great God is. Not only does he look past our unbelief and our lack of faith to do, but he also takes our unbelief and our lack of faith and turns it into something that can be used for his glory. What a great God we have. And so it ends there. Zacharias, who says, finally, you know, I, I can now speak, and uh, look what he says. Uh, it says, uh, you know, earlier he wrote on the ground, on the, on the paper, right, and said his name would be John. But it says, fear came upon all them, and these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. I mean, it goes on that this is the God's using. Skip down to verse 80, and uh, we'll be done. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the showing, till the showing unto Israel. And don't miss this. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit is tied to two statements that we see in this passage. The first one, that both of them were righteous at the beginning. You have parents who are in this together, doing this the right way. And the next statement is that while their unbelief struck, cost them a little bit in that they, they had to, you know, he, Zacharias can't speak and now they have to go through the next uh, ten months trying to figure this one out, what happens is that God is honored and glorified. And so we see these great things taking place. I want to challenge you. What have we quit praying about? What would we pray about? And when will we take the surprise of God answering our prayer and use it as a way for us to grow? Those are the challenges for us in this story found in Luke chapter 1. Heads about eyes closed, please. I have no idea the things that you might be praying about, but I know in my life I can see myself being this Zacharias who is challenged to believe God in the hard things or sometimes just challenged to believe God because the time that is taking place for God to seemingly respond. And so I'm asking you, what do we need to recommit ourselves to praying about? How might we go back to God afresh and anew with a fresh concept that God hears and responds to prayer and bring something before him that we have, we've just given up on. Uh, this seems way outside the realm of possibility. He's old, she's well-stricken, and this prayer is taking place. I'm asking you, 
What are we going to pray about? Then I'm asking you this. In your unbelief, and we've had those times, and, and God's worked anyway, are we careful to noise abroad what God is doing? When God does step in and answer, and we're surprised by God's answer, God will take that and use it if we'll let him. And so, two challenges before us today uh, as we consider these things. Father, help us as we look at Zacharias and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist that we would see your hand at work, that we would see the, the humanity of Zacharias and Elizabeth, the, the difficulty in, in putting together the things that uh, you, your plan is setting out for them. But we see, God, you being gracious and kind and working through these. And God, as we're dealing with things, help us to trust you. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us not to think that we're beyond that, that we are old and well-stricken and no longer required to grow. But help us to grow in our faith in you. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. 534, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. As we sing together, you step out, let the Lord have his way, would you? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know the sins of the Lord. Jesus, I'm supposed to announce we have two things going right now. We have the toilet bowl happening upstairs, teenagers. That is, for those of you who are new to this, it is a paper football contest. And if you're interested, it is phenomenal to watch. It is fascinating to watch. Uh, and they'll win. I'm hoping some of you uh, get to go home and, with a nice golden toilet seat. Can't wait to use that at home, huh? Toilet Golden plunger, golden toilet brushes. I don't know. Well, they give all kinds of wonderful things away. So, And then we have a, an Awana meeting right over here that will last just a few moments. So if you can uh, get yourselves in place right away, that would be helpful. So Lord bless you. Yep. Pots are meeting at, I'm glad to hear you say that. I've forever wanted to call you guys Pots. So that's parents of teenagers, right? Uh, we could call them potheads, but that would be maybe be over the <laughs> that might be over the top. <laughs> so they're meeting where? I'm sorry, Culver's where? County Line and Emerson. So if you're a parent of a teen and you're looking for something to do while the toilet bowl is taking place, there you go. You can join it. All right? Anything else? There is one more thing. So we needed what was it about the uh, food food and shelving and that begin to think about shelving for. Uh, we need to help them out with getting some shelving down there as well. So uh, maybe taking some missions money, I'll just throw it out there for you to think about and pray about and get shelving down there for Dennis and them because we're getting food in, but uh, it needs a place to be stored. That would be fantastic. All right. Lord bless you. Keep you. Make space. I'm going to give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless you.